The longest night of the year is December 21st, the winter solstice. However, every kid can tell you the longest night of the year is really Christmas Eve. Do you remember how hard it was to fall asleep on Christmas Eve as a kid? I mean, I just remember that unbearable excitement that created all that adrenaline that was pumping through my veins with the sugar from Santa's cookies that I had eaten created this excitement that I just couldn't fall asleep and it seemed like the longest night that morning would never come. But I have to admit, the reason I was filled with such excitement was not because of the spirit of Christmas. It was not because of the true meaning of Christmas. It was not because of the spirit of giving and goodwill to humankind. The reason I was filled to excitement that was overflowing from head to my toes was because I was filled with the overwhelming joy of getting. You know what I'm talking about. The overwhelming joy of getting. Now, most kids can't sleep on Christmas Eve and their stomach is filled with butterflies of anticipation because they're filled with the joy of getting. They're so excited about the presents they're gonna get from Santa. And it's okay. Jesus said, though, there's more happiness in giving than in receiving. He didn't say there wasn't any happiness in receiving. There's some happiness in receiving. He was just saying there's far more happiness in giving. And that's why so many of you as adults have experienced that overwhelming joy of giving at Christmas, experiencing what Christmas is all about, the blessings that money can't buy, of hope and joy and peace and significance and meaning that fill you up when you really begin to experience the overwhelming joy of giving. And that's why this weekend is like Christmas to so many of you as adults at Woodland Church. Because every year on this weekend, we take our December offering and we give over and above our regular tithes and offerings so that we can put Christ in his rightful place to lift him up to experience the joy and the blessings of what Christmas is all about. And that's why we look forward to this weekend all year. If you're a first time guest, you don't have to participate in the offering, just be our guest. Um, but this is something we've been looking forward to, praying about, thinking about, getting ready for, getting excited about for a long time. And at the end of the service, we'll be giving our heart for the house, our greatest gift offerings, and it's something we do that God has really used in our church, in our lives, in our families, to point us to the one that Christmas is all about, the real birthday boy. When everyone else gets presents other than Jesus, it creates problems in our lives, in our families, and especially in our hearts. Because we just experience the joy of getting and we don't experience the joy of really giving of ourselves the Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas. Well, we're also concluding the series we've been in that we're calling God First. And we said last weekend that when God is first in your life, then everything else in your life can come into alignment. But if God is not first in your life, then nothing in your life can come into alignment. But when I put God first in my life, I experience the blessings of a God first life. And there's so many blessings to a God first life and that's why it's my prayer for you this Christmas that you experience a God-first Christmas, that you experience the real blessings, not the joy of getting, 
not the joy of getting in debt, not the joy of getting overwhelmed by all the busyness of the season and the parties and the presents and trying to find parking places at the mall, all the things that come along with the commercialism of Christmas. And I pray that you'll experience the blessings of a Christ first Christmas because God came the first Christmas so that you could have a Christ first Christmas, a God first Christmas this year that'll make all the difference in your life. And speaking of the first Christmas, I asked some of our Woodlands Church kids if they knew the true meaning of Christmas and if they could share with you the story of Christmas. And I love our kids at Woodlands Church. They're learning the values of God's word at an early age and, and they're learning to become more like Jesus, learning the joy of giving as well as getting you know, at this early age. But I love how they're learning these values from God's word. But I have to say, when they shared the Christmas story, it was a, a little bit different version than I'd ever heard before. And I think you'll enjoy it. Just watch. See, you learned some things, didn't you? You didn't know the wise man brought a helicopter to baby Jesus, and now you know it. I'm so proud of our kids, though, because they really do get it. They really do understand it's not about getting, it's about giving. And I just wanted to let you know through our Angel Tree Ministry, we provided 4,726 children who wouldn't have had Christmas with Christmas this year. Isn't that amazing? That's why you've seen all these presents out here being loaded onto trucks and, and FedEx, you know, has taken time out of their very busy Christmas season to donate all these trucks and drivers and to go bring these gifts to these kids. We connect with CPS and other organizations that let us know children that wouldn't have anything for Christmas, and now they will because of our kids, because of you, you know, and it's all about giving. It's all about seeing what Christmas is all about. In fact, you've given 14,178 gifts. And by the way, we also gave Christmas to 250 senior adults that wouldn't have had Christmas. It's amazing what God is doing through you, Woodland Church. And I really want us, though, to understand today that to experience the blessings of Christmas, to experience the blessings of a God-first life, first, you have to step out in God-first faith. God-first faith activates God-first blessings. When someone asks me, how do you grow stronger in your faith? How do I go stronger in my faith this year, Carrie? I think first I'd say that's a great question because the number one New Year's resolution you should have this next year is how to grow stronger in your faith because everything else comes out of that. You'll never have the willpower unless you have God's power to fulfill the other resolutions that you have. So the number one New Year's resolution you should have is I wanna grow stronger in my faith this next year. But if you ask me, what's the best way for me to grow stronger in my faith? The first thing I would say is give. Learn to be a giver, learn to be generous. Learn to let go and give. Maybe you're thinking, wait a minute, Carrie, I was just asking, you know, how to grow stronger spiritually. I wasn't talking about finances. I was just talking about how to grow stronger spiritually. And I thought you'd probably say, read the Bible more, pray a little more, get in a life group or, or get on a team and serve. And all those things are so important in building and growing your faith, but nothing grows your faith muscles and builds your faith stronger than giving. Because it's really putting faith into action. It's really stepping out with God first faith, which activates God first blessings. 
Jesus talked about it in Luke 6, 38. So because we celebrate Jesus' birthday this next week, I, I want us to hear the words of Jesus, the birthday boy. So would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodlands Church, in Luke 6, 38. Follow along with this, an amazing promise of God. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Dear God, I thank you that you so love the world that you gave your one and only son. You gave us the gift of Christmas that changes everything. And so, Lord, I just pray that everyone within the sound of my voice would begin to understand this overwhelming joy of giving and would be able to understand that you give back to us so much more than we could ever give. That life is all about giving, that the secret to living is giving. And Lord, just open our hearts and minds to that and change us forever. And I pray that everyone within the sound of my voice would have a God first Christmas and the blessings of a God first Christmas. Blessings that money could never buy. And then blessings, Lord, of provision as you meet our every need. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated, and I love this promise of God because it's basically saying you get to choose how much God blesses your life. With the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. You get to choose how much God blesses your life. It's crazy, isn't it? It's so powerful. But I want you to underline give, and it will be given to you. And I want you to notice that give comes before given to you. That I have to first activate God's blessings with faith. I've got to give first in faith so that I can receive back what God wants to give me. And so it's God's first faith, God first faith that activates God first blessings. Most people don't realize that. Most people wait for God's blessings and then they think about what they should give. But really it comes down to God first faith where I give and then it will be given unto me. I give first because it requires faith. We talked about this last week, and that's why the tithe is so important. Giving God the first 10%, not the last 10%, not the leftovers, not the middle 10%. It's the first. Why? The first requires faith. The first always requires faith. Because I'm saying, God, I give to you first before anyone else gets paid. And as I give to you first, I trust your promises that you're going to give back to me more that I cannot give you. And so it's God first faith that activates God first blessings in our lives. I just want to briefly share with you three things about God first faith. Three things why giving builds your faith more than anything else. First, your giving determines who your God is. That's right. Your giving determines who your God is. Jesus put it this way as we continue to look at the words of the birthday boy, Jesus Christ, in Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So Jesus here is talking about money not as a thing, but as a God with little g. In fact, in the King James Version, it says you cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon, in fact, that's the better translation, the literal translation of that word in the Greek is mammon. And mammon was the name of the pagan god of wealth. So Jesus said, it's not God versus a thing. It's God versus another God. It's the one true God versus a false God. It's God versus money. 
Ryan Thomas is a friend of mine who's written a new book called You of Little Faith, and it's a great book. I highly recommend. It's how bold giving leads to great blessing. And in it, he points out that Jesus tells us we have to choose which one we're going to worship. Are we going to worship God? Are we going to worship money? Are we going to put our trust in God or trust and security in money? Because they're enemies. And both of these are very demanding. And whichever one you choose to worship will eventually take your devotion and all your affection and your love. And so we have to decide which we're going to worship. Now, notice in Matthew 6, 24, Jesus doesn't say it's God versus the world in this great battle. He could have said, you can't love God and love the world at the same time. He, he didn't say you can't love God and be for Satan at the same time. It's not God versus Satan, not God versus evil, not God versus sin. It's God versus money. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because in Jesus' day, just like our day, the false God of money is the one true God's greatest competitor for our hearts. That's what it really comes down to. You see in the Old Testament, the people of Israel who worshiped the idol Baal and they worshiped the one true God. And so what would happen is they weren't totally sold out and surrendered to the one true God. They had a half-hearted commitment to the one true God. They tried to practice worshiping two gods at the same time. And they thought they could worship Baal a little bit here and worship the one true God here and they mixed both of them and it caused so much pain and brokenness. So many problems in their lives. And what happened was the worship of Baal faded out because the people realized Baal wasn't a real God, just a false God. And so and they stopped worshiping Baal. But the practice of trying to worship two gods at the same time continued on. It's just that Mammon took the place of Baal as the most popular enemy of the one true God. And so what they would do is they would worship Mammon, this god of wealth. They prayed to the god of wealth, and then they would worship the one true God. They would go back and forth, practicing the worship of two gods, and it's still the same today. For you see, the god of money is not just one of the false gods. It is by far and away the one true God's fiercest competitor for your heart. And that's why Jesus talked about money more than he did heaven and hell. And that's why he wants your heart. He wants you to put him first place in your heart and in your life. Now, there's no way that you can tell which God someone is worshiping from the outside. Because that's really the question it comes down to is, which one will you choose? God says you can't do both. If you try to do both, it'll eventually destroy you. It can't do both. And so... Which one are you going to worship? Which one are you going to serve? The one true God or the false God of money? Which one are you going to serve? You've got to choose which one you're going to serve. You can't tell what someone's worshiping from the outside. I mean, someone could be really poor and still worship money and put money over God, thinking that money is going to solve all their problems or bring them happiness. And someone could be a wealthy business person and worship the one true God. Um, and vice versa. You, you just can't tell from outward appearance. You, you see, you can say, I love God. You know, I worship God. I choose God. as the He's the one true God. 
I worship the one true God, but really the only proof of the sincerity of your love is in your giving. It's in your giving. That, that's what it really comes down to because that's when you put your words into actions. And for you see, when it comes down to this great battle today for your heart between the one true God and the false God of money, when it comes down to that battle, if you say, well, I love you, God, the one true God, and I'll give you anything. I'll give you everything in my life except for my money. You've just revealed who's won the battle in your heart. For you see, you can't tell from outward appearance, it all comes down to your giving. It all comes down to your giving. It all comes down to putting your money where your mouth is. It all comes down to stepping out in faith, saying, I believe God's promises that he's gonna meet my needs and that he wants me to put him first in a really important area of my life. If God's not first in your finances and in your relationships, he's not first in your life because we care more about those things than anything else. God being first in the things that are most important, that's where he wants to be first. People say, well, God's first in my life. What part of your life? You know, we're to lay down our lives for Christ, and the way you do that is you lay down the most important things in your life and you give God first place in those areas. And the great thing is, whatever area you put God first in, he blesses you. And see, it's, it's faith to say, God, I trust your promises that are true, so I'm gonna trust you. How can you trust God with your eternal salvation but not with your finances? If God is real, then he's God in the most important areas of our lives. And when you learn that God is real, when you put him first in your finances and you learn that God is real, it is life-changing. It releases you from the grip of materialism. The God of materialism is the number one false God vying against the one true God for your heart today. And we raise our kids in a very materialistic society. And it's okay to have nice things and to pro provide your kids with great things. It's just you better teach them. It will never make them happy. It will never fill the God-shaped hole in their hearts. You better teach them to give. And the only way you can break the grip of materialism in your life and in your kid's life is You've got to teach them to give, and the only way you can teach them to give is by modeling that giving. They've got to see that you're a giver. I remember when our kids were little, there was, you know, there's so many times in our church history where God has called Chris and I to give over and above our regular tithes and offerings and, and to experience the joy of giving. And I remember when we were getting ready to build this building and we were doing our giving service to build this building, I'll never forget we pulled our kids aside and said, this is what we're gonna give over and above our regular ties, you know, so that we can do this. And we wanna lead the way. And so we took out half our retirement and we were praying, God, show us ways, other ways we can give. And, and, and we just wanna do this. And we told our kids what we were giving and to pray about what they should give. And, and I said, you know, really, here's the really cool thing, you can't outgive God. You know, so you could decide how much God blesses you. So you can't outgive God because they're saying, how much should we give of our, allowance savings, and then all of a sudden, my grade schooler, Josh, spoke up, and he said, I'm gonna give all mine away to God. And it was a great commitment, except for the fact that he had very little in his piggy bank because he'd spent it all. But anyway, it, it, I appreciated the heart behind it. Um, there wasn't a lot of sacrifice, but you know, he didn't have much to give away because he, he was the spender growing up. And Ryan, on the other hand, was the saver, and he had saved about $100 in his piggy bank. And so I said, well, Ryan, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to wait to see how it works out for Josh. <laughs> and see if God comes through. That's pretty, that's pretty smart, you know. But what was really neat was Ryan prayed about it, and then he came back, and he said, I'm going to give all of it away. 
to God so that we can have this building for people. And so I'm just so proud of our kids. You know, when you teach your kids to give, then you're teaching them what happiness and fulfillment's all about. And you're not misleading them because when you teach them, it's all about getting by never giving, never showing them that you give, never modeling, giving, never teaching them to give. When you show them that it's all about getting, you're stealing their happiness from them in the future. You're stealing it away because they'll never find true fulfillment through getting. How do you know that? How excited are you or your kids about last year's Christmas gifts? Probably don't remember them. And so whenever you teach your kids, it's not about giving, but it's about giving. You break the grip of materialism. There's no other way to do it, no other way than to teach them how to give. I think the number one thing keeping most Christians from a deeper relationship with God is that they already have another God. And so you can't have two gods, Jesus said. And any effort towards spiritual growth or building your faith muscles strong without dealing with that, about having two gods or having another God before the one true God, it just doesn't work. I mean, you can work on reading your Bible and praying more and getting into a Bible study and all these things, but, but if you have another God in the place of the one true God, you gotta deal with that, you gotta deal with giving. If you struggle with giving because you think you can't trust God with something that's important to you, then you gotta get past that. And the only way is through giving and it breaks the chains of unfulfillment that we've let the false God of money put on our lives. Let's just say you had a married friend who's been in an ongoing affair for several years, and he comes to you for advice, and he says, I really wanna build my marriage stronger. I wanna grow closer to my wife. What do you think I should do? Maybe take her on more dates? Maybe spend more time communicating with her? Maybe be a better listener? What should I do? The first thing you would say is, dude, you've got to break off that affair before we can talk about anything else. You've got to stop cheating on her first and foremost. And let's just say your friend says, oh, oh, the affair. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how to grow closer to my wife. And we can talk about, you know, how to do the affair a little better later, but I'm talking about my wife. You know, I mean, how, I mean you know, maybe I need to take a class on being a better husband or something like that. Maybe that's what I need to do. And you're going, that's crazy. That's crazy. How can you work on deepening your love when you have another love? And so that's what happens in the lives of some Christians. They're, they want to work on growing spiritually, but they don't deal with the number one thing that'll build their faith muscles, that everything else is kind of worthless unless you deal with that. You've got to have one God. You know, the number one thing that keeps most Christ followers from growing deeper with God as they already have another God. And so you gotta get rid of that other God and say, God, you're first place. And the only way you can do that is through giving. That's the only way. It's not through singing worship songs. It's not through Bible study. It's just through giving. That's it. Because that's an action that activates the blessings of God. And when you see God come through in an important area of your life, you realize God is real. He is real. It's not just about singing a song to God. It's not just about feeling good. It's all about God fulfilling his promises. I have a real God who is the one true God. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I love that because Jesus is saying, 
It's not that I need your money, I want what it represents your heart. It really comes down to a heart issue. Now, I want you to underline treasure and then underline the word heart and draw an arrow from treasure to heart. This is interesting because treasure comes first and then heart. What he's saying is your giving tells your heart where to go. It's not just that your giving reveals your heart, it's that your giving actually can direct your heart. And that's why it's so important to have the obedience of giving, to follow God, to give consistently, to give. Why is that? Because it doesn't matter what you feel like, your feelings, your heart, your desires will follow your giving. Whatever you give to, you will start to love more and more. It's an amazing thing. You give your time, you give your treasure, then your heart follows that. It's an amazing thing. God says you can direct your heart. That's why God talks about money more than just about anything else in Scripture because he wants you to know it comes down to love. It comes down to your heart, and he wants your heart. He wants your heart to be directed toward him. Now, I love that our children every year in our big offering here always lead the way. They've been collecting their change for a long time now, and they've been shaking you down for your extra change, and they've been putting it in their little boxes because they wanna give to Jesus because it's his birthday. And before they get presents on Christmas, they're giving their gift to Jesus, and I think that's so symbolically powerful. Plus, they actually collect thousands of dollars of change, a few Chuck E. Cheese tokens, and, and who knows what else that we'll find in there, but it actually comes out to several thousand dollars, and we give that to our missions that really help orphans, especially in Haiti, Honduras, other places like that. 100% of it goes to missions. And so I want you to welcome our kids because they're leading the way and they're learning it's all about Jesus' birthday. And our kids aren't just getters, they're givers. So give them a huge hand as they come in to give their offering first. Let's thank our kids for leading the way. It also reminds us to pray for our children's ministry staff and volunteers every week when you see this is just one of our services. All those kids growing up, learning the values of God's word, learning the character qualities of Christ and putting them into their life, learning it's all about giving and not getting. I'm just so grateful for what God is doing through our children's ministry at Woodland Church. A lot of people criticize this generation coming up or they say, I don't know what's gonna happen to this generation. It's gonna be really bad. But what I say is this generation is going to change the world for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, these students and children are passionate about the Lord, and they have hearts for God. And I'm just so grateful for what this church does. But I want you to see a second thing. Your giving not only determines your God, your giving determines how strong your faith is. In Malachi 3.10, God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. Now, this is talking about the tithe, which is the tenth. The first 10% of all you make, God says you need to give it back to me. Give it back to my house for my glory to be used for me, and so it's so important for us to understand it's the first 10%, not the last 10%. And when you've never really understood this and you come to Christ and, and you see that God calls us to give the first 10%, to enjoy the 90%, that it's all from God anyway, but he just requires the first 
so that we'll show him that he's first place in our hearts and lives. And then he says, I'll give back to you so much more than you can ever give to me. I'll open the floodgates of heaven and give you the blessings of a God first life, things money can't buy, but also provisions financially. God says, I will meet your needs. You can't outgive me. Now, when you first come to Christ, you think tithing, the first 10%, whoa, how am I gonna do that? That's impossible. And then you take that step of faith like so many of you have learned, and you take that step of faith and you see God come through and you see, wow, God is real. He is real. His promises are true. And you obey God in that and your heart goes after God and it changes your life, it grows your faith. And so I would say in our Heart for the House offering, if you've never tithed, join the thousands here at Woodland Church who do and take that step of faith and start tithing with the Heart for the House offering and you'll see God meet your every need. You'll see God take care of you. You'll see God provide for you and fulfill his promises and you'll see that God is real. But then there are times when we're to give above and beyond our tithe. The tithe is not really giving, it's called returning. God says, you need to return to me what is mine, don't steal from me. But God says, I also want you to give back more. It's all about giving and building your faith. In fact, there was a time when the church was taking an offering in the New Testament, the early church, to build more churches. And Paul was in charge of the offering and he told the Macedonian church that was in a really poor and struggling area, he said, you guys can just sit it out. Don't worry about the offering. You know, I mean, I don't want y'all to worry about it. I know you're having tough times. And they got really upset at Paul. They said, you will not steal from us the joy of giving and the joy of seeing God be real and provide for us more than we could ever give. And in fact, Paul went on to say in 2 Corinthians 8, 3, they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And I can testify that they did it because they wanted to and not because of nagging on my part. Saying, man, they, they made me let them participate in this offering because they didn't want to steal from themselves the joy of giving and the blessings that come from giving. And so I would just say, if you're one of the many who you've tithed now for quite a long time, you've seen how God works, how he always comes through, and tithing is just part of the planning in your finances, and it doesn't really take a whole lot of faith anymore. You just always do that. God gets his first. Then I just challenge you to pray about increasing it. You know, God has led us, Chris and I, for many years to give above our tithes, you know, and, and, and to increase that and to step out in faith and to really build our muscles. It's kind of like when you go to the gym and you're lifting a certain amount of weight to get stronger, you've got to add a little bit of weight to it, a few more repetitions. You know, as you're learning to run, maybe you're running a half marathon or, and you're, you're running a 10K and so you start out, you can't even run a mile, but then you add a little bit to it, a little bit more to it, a little bit more to it. That's how you build your endurance. That's how you build your faith. And so for giving to really work for you in faith, you gotta add a little bit more. We have some dear friends who've been doing this now for years, adding one or 2% every year to their giving to, in faith to see God come through. And now they're reverse tithing. They give away 90% and live on 10%. And God always takes care of them and meets their every need. And it's just amazing to see how God works. And so I, I just really challenge you, you know, to, to do what God wants you to do. You can give based on reason or based on revelation. You get based on reason, you look at what you've got, and you go, oh, I'll give a little bit of that. But God doesn't bless giving based on reason. He gives based on revelation. He really blesses you when you give based on revelation. When you go, God, what should I give? Show me what to give. And I give, Lord, knowing you're gonna give back to me more. 
I'm gonna do what you say, God. And so pray and ask God to show you what to give. But I want you to see your giving determines the blessings you receive. Jesus said, with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. And in Acts 20, 35, it says, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than receive. It's God first giving that activates God first blessings in our lives. And one thing you need to realize that you can't take it with you. If you struggle with giving, if you really struggle with giving, pat yourself on the back because you're gonna give it all away one day. Everyone is gonna give it all away. You can't take it with you, so you're gonna give everything away one day to your kids to fight over and the government to take, and you're gonna give it all away. But it's better to your giving while you're living so you can see the joy of knowing where it's going. That basically, you're sending it on to heaven because anytime you do anything with your time, your money, to make sure someone gets to heaven. Anytime you give a dime to Woodland Church or a second of serving to Woodland Church, you're doing something that's gonna last forever because you're bringing people to heaven with you. I want you to watch this video of just some of the life change that God is doing at Woodland Church. And so now that the kids have led the way, it's time for us as adults to give. And so you'll notice in your program, if you haven't already, Fill it out, and some of you already, you brought it ready to go. Um, there's a card there, Heart for the House, an envelope, and there's several ways to give. On the back, you'll see the giving options. First is our Woodland Church app. You can give on our Woodland Church app. You can give online at wc.org give, and I've, every one of you worshiping at our online campus today, now is the time for your offering as well. And then you can text GiveWC to 77977. You can give a check, cash, credit card, stocks, and bonds, assets, um, but I just really challenge you to give and let it be a test of your faith to build your faith stronger in the Lord Jesus that he'll come through. I want us to bow together and pray before we take our offering, and I would just say this, that we can't all give the same amount, but we can all sacrifice. We can all give equal sacrifice. That is, um, it may be for you $10 or $100 is a sacrifice because you're going through a really tough time and God sees the heart. It's not the amount, it's the heart. And for others of you, you'd have to give well over 100,000 for it to even come close to being any kind of a sacrifice. And God knows the heart. God understands the heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about the sacrifice. It's not about the amount. But I'll tell you, God will prompt your heart because he wants your heart. He wants your heart and he knows that whatever you give to has your heart. And so I just really challenge you to give. Figure out a way to give. If you weren't ready to give this week, then uh, this weekend, then give tomorrow. Or give this afternoon, or tonight, you know, online. Or be ready to give next week. Sometime before the end of the year, give for God's glory. To break the grip of materialism. To experience the joy of giving and then watch God provide for your needs. And know that he is real. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for this time. Thank you for the joy of giving. And Lord, we only give back to you what you've already given us. We're just returning some of what you've given us. And we thank you that when we return that first portion and above, then you promise to give us back even more, to bless us to be a blessing. And I, I just thank you that you're gonna do that. I pray that you would just break, that you would just break free everyone within the sound of my voice from the false God of money, 
<clears throat> Lord Jesus, you bless us. You know it's okay to have nice things. You want us to be, to enjoy the things you've given us, to be content with what you've given us. But Lord, you also know that the only way that we can break free is by learning to give. It's all yours anyway, and we surrender it all to you, but we give back to you in joy. And who are we that we get to give back to you and experience your blessings? Lord, thank you for letting us do this. Use it for your glory. Multiply these gifts beyond measure, Lord, so that we can do more ministry this next year and not less. For your kingdom, for your glory to be lifted up, for you, Jesus, to be lifted up above all others. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's give back to the Lord. And as you do, I wanna make a few announcements of things that are coming up. And what's coming up is a week from yesterday, our first Christmas Eve service starts. And we've got 26 Christmas Eve services at our three locations. And I want you to make sure you see the service times here at the Woodlands campus. And all of our campus pastors right now are telling their campus the service times for their campus. But it's gonna be one of the most creative ones we've ever done. It's called God's Christmas Card to You. And I mean, our team is amazing. We've been working so hard. Our tech team, our creative team. I mean, it's gonna be really powerful, but I can tell you it's gonna be a clear gospel presentation. It's gonna be a really creative, but meaningful, powerful, straightforward gospel presentation of the real meaning of Christmas. So bring a friend who doesn't know Christ. Bring a friend who doesn't go to church. Bring a friend. And I believe that God could grab their heart. But look at the service times. It starts next Saturday at 6 p.m. That's our first service. And then in that service, at the end, we're gonna have communion. We're gonna pass out communion and take communion together, Christmas communion at the end of that service. And so come to the first one if you can because we make our, most of our mistakes there in the first one. It's a lot of fun. And then the next one, of course, is Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m., 11.30 a.m., and 6 p.m. So you come next Sunday at 11.30, and it'll be the Christmas presentation God's Christmas card to you. It's gonna be really amazing. And so, and then at 6 p.m., the 6 p.m. service, we're having Christmas community again at the end. So it's another really neat one. And then on Monday the 23rd, it's 1, 3, 5, and 7 p.m. On Tuesday the 24th, 1, 3, 5, 7, and 9, 11 p.m. traditional service. And so the only thing I would say is, if you're a regular attender, don't come to the 5 p.m. or the 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Usually that's overflow. Uh, unless you're bringing a friend to one of those services, then that's great. But come to one of the earlier services or one of the later services and, and join us for Christmas Eve. And then we want you to come to a service and serve at a service. We need every one of our regular attenders to serve. And you'll notice in your program, there is this insert. It's all about serving at Christmas. So when you come to a service and you worship and then you serve at a service, we're gonna have over 40,000 people come through the doors of our three campuses, and we need every one of you to serve, whether it's in babies or preschool or greeters or ushers or driving a tram or, we need you desperately. We need every one of you to serve, and so just sign up to serve at a service. What a great thing to teach your kids. And then to worship at a service. Um, I wanna read to you this last passage a lot of you know it by heart, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, God gave that first Christmas, the greatest Christmas gift, his one and only son. Jesus was God's tithe, the first. In fact, the Bible says that 
that he was the first of many brothers and sisters because he came to this earth to redeem all of us as the sacrificial lamb of God. And so when we give, we're just being more like Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave. God's not a getter, he's a giver. And so I just really encourage you this Christmas, give. Give to people in need. Give to your church. Give so that we can meet needs because it's going to the poor and the powerless and it's going to raise up the gospel of hope and it's going to build the next generation. Be givers. Givers that are like Jesus Christ. And let's stand together. And I want us to sing because we're filled with joy today. Moving into Christmas, filled with the joy of Jesus, the joy of Christmas, the joy of giving. And would you just sing joy to the world? And sing it as a prayer that we want to bring joy to the world to make Jesus' name famous, to lift him up above all others so that people can see that he's real and how wonderful he is. Let's sing it with all our hearts. Joy to the world. Yeah. Hey, Woodland Church, remain standing. One other thing I wanted to mention is our fair trade ministry. We have our fair trade store, and everything goes to missions because um, we have some amazing gifts over there that are made by people we minister to in all parts of the world. And what's wonderful is we give them money for the things that they make so they have a market. They didn't have a market before, but now they have a market. They make some amazing things, and we figured out that they have gifts of creating things, and you have a spiritual gift of buying things. So even when you buy things, you make a difference. It's really cool, and so what great Christmas gifts. And we have a lot of Christmas ornaments made by people we minister to around the world, and you'll find out the name, and you can pray for them and uh, the area they live but we're gonna have some kiosks, not just in the store, but all around outside if you wanna buy a couple of Christmas ornaments. And it goes to give them a living, to raise them up out of poverty. And then every bit of profit goes back to missions to make a difference as we make a difference all around the world. So, um, hey, membership class is right now after this service. And Pastor Allen's gonna tell you how you can join the church. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.